Pretty Mental is about accepting our full selves and inspiring others to do the same by being daringly unfiltered. This means completely normalizing all things mental health and the wild journey that has brought us here. We are challenging the stigmatization of normal human suffering, and we are done pretending and subscribing to the notion that it is taboo to have challenging mental health experiences. Welcome to the Pretty Mental Health Club, and enjoy the show. Hey, Valentina. Hey, Paula. And hello, everybody. And welcome to another episode of Pretty Mental. Today, we sat down and spoke to the timeliness of acknowledging the need for all of us to engage in heart-opening work if we hope to heal and dismantle the ongoing trauma that is being perpetuated through the individual and collective practices of oppression. We also address the ways in which healthy boundaries are absolutely necessary if we are going to feel safe enough to keep our hearts open. We take you guys through specific examples of how we can recognize that our boundaries are being crossed, how to practice setting and communicating healthy boundaries, and the negative consequences of people-pleasing habits. We also bring attention to the necessary shift that will have to take place in the way that we speak to ourselves and to each other if we hope to create a culture that is conducive to open-hearted living. So taking a deep breath with us. And press play. Another week in 2020 has passed. (laughs) Hello, Pretty Mental family. How are you guys doing? Hope you're holding up out there. So what are some updates for you, Paula? So Valentina's influence is finally more strongly seeping its way into my dietary habits. (laughs) I feel like you didn't believe that what you just said. You're finally was shaky. Because I've kind of taken things from your dietary habits in the past, but I I think this time it's this, <laughs> this time is the time. <laughs> this is the time. This time I started, it'll work. I started drinking lemon water before I eat anything, and I haven't eaten sugar in a few days. Oh no, that's a lie. I've been putting honey on my bread in the mornings, but that's it. Yeah, but you haven't have like refined sugar. Yeah, so we're being mindful, or I'm being mindful because Valentino's already doing it of the way that food affects my mental health. Yeah, something that we were talking about last night is how much we're able to cook and really be present for the meals that we're making during this time. I feel like, and I was talking about this with my boss today, how so much of what's happening during COVID is the undoing. You know, before it would just be like quick meals, fast food, not really being present for what we're eating. And I know you, both of us have been a lot more in tune with... Well, that's what I was saying to you last night, that cooking for me before this all honestly always has been more of a means to an end uh just because I would be tired of commuting and and working and so on and so forth and for the first time I'm fine I'm tapping into the art of cooking so yeah I'm finally saying like what people mean when they say that like you know cooking is zen so that's been really nice I just need one of those vegan cookbooks, and that is a wrap for me. I will be eating like a queen. Yeah, you should better follow that recipe. Valentina has tried to make beans for the past <laughs> week and a half straight, and somehow has still not I've succeeded. Ruined, I've ruined like two pounds of beans I just don't know how because I cook in bulk and the first one I forgot I was cooking so I burned all of them yeah and then the second one I soaked them for too long and they fermented so they were sour (sighs) yeah you why do you you, she soaks them entirely too long I'm like (laughs) is that normal no I don't think it is I start to look creepy I overdid it but it's okay guys third time's the charm third time is the charm I just need to go buy some more um, but I'm really excited switching over from our food updates is I recorded a, a meditation before all of this started happening. And by all of this, I mean, before the George Floyd straw that broke the camel's back, 
of racial injustice and everyone woke up. Um, I wrote a... a <laughs> before everyone woke up. Before everyone woke up. Finally. And I wrote a meditation about being open-hearted, opening your heart back up, and I couldn't get myself to post it. I couldn't. Really? Yeah. It just... I had a lot of anger. I had a lot of sadness in me, and it didn't... I, I couldn't... I couldn't post it. And it's not because I, maybe it is. I don't know. I didn't want to open my heart back up. My heart just felt like for now I need to, I couldn't, I don't know. I really don't know. I couldn't post it though. And I couldn't write anything. I haven't written anything on the blog since either. Also, if you guys hear outside noise, it's because we're recording basically outside almost. Yeah. We have the door open. We love having the door open. And we're right next to outside. But Mm -hmm. Anyway, I couldn't post it and it just felt like I wanted to be sensitive to because before I was writing from the perspective of just, you know, open your heart and we'll all be okay, essentially, you know? Yeah, I think what we were all afraid of was taking part in spiritual bypassing. Correct. Yes. Right after it happened. But also neglecting the fact that like there's some real fucking fear out here. There's some real fear. It's easier for me to say, open your heart and all will be well, you know? So I, I actually went back to it. That's that was my thought process, but I went back to it and I did some like minor, minor tweaks, but not really. Um, it was almost like I, it was speaking more directly to what I wanted to speak to than I thought. So so look out for that. You're going to release it soon. Yeah. So you wrote this before George Floyd or anything happened. Before George Floyd. And then I also ended up going through some personal stuff. And I, it was too painful for me to put it out. Yeah, that's the thing about like when George Floyd took place, when the George Floyd killing happened and people started waking up to the racial injustices in this country. Or accepting them, because I think a lot of people knew, but a lot of people just went on with their fast daily lives and they accepted it for what it was. They're just like, this is how it is. This is how the hand that we're dealt. And then finally they were like, oh, wait, no. Yeah. So it was in that moment, it was as if a a big surge of grief washed over the collective. Right. And when you experience grief, whether at a collective level or at an individual level, it's not healthy to rush into like the healed state very quickly. You have to kind of let yourself unfold in a natural organic way. And the psychologically healthy thing is to experience some anger and to experience some depression and to experience denial and, and allow yourself to unfold through that rather than feeling like you need to rush to having an open heart and being loving. And that's great if you're at the level where you can move through it a little quicker and arrive at that point, but it should never be forced. And I think that's what we are both being very um, conscious of is not throwing out that those kinds of meditations and, and words of like, okay, now turn to love. Um, right. It just, it felt toned up. It, it would have felt toned up to do that because I understood, we understood and we were experiencing it personally. Yeah. That first, like, a grief process yeah. needed to take place. And we're still going to keep experiencing it. I just think now we're at a point where um, it's more integrated. So the work is going to continue and we're going to continue with as, as much passion and force behind it. But the shock... Uh, is a little more integrated. So now, so now we can just like settle in and like, okay, here we go. We're going to continue on with this marathon. I'll still say I, there's still shock of, like every day at just how quickly companies are, are you know, taking down their racist mascots, at how quickly voiceover actors are stepping down from speaking for black roles. They're, they're moving so quickly. But to me, I'm like, if you, if this is so quick and so easy, a part of you had to know before this that something was off and I'm really happy that they're taking action but a part of me is also kind of like if you can move this quickly then why did you not move this quickly before or why did you not if you knew if you knew that there was something wrong if you knew that having racist branding you knew your branding was racist you knew that the names of your universities of certain schools in your universities were racist why did you allow that group think is we're social beings so we almost a lot of times 
ask each other for permission before we can stand up for certain causes. Yeah. And that's why I think it's so important now to speak up all the time, all the time. Like we're not going back from this. No, we can't. And, you know, sometimes, again, we talk about this, like it'll make people uncomfortable, but you can't succumb to the I'm just going to adopt because that's again, that goes back to the group think. So there's got to be some some of us that just are willing to have everyone look at us and be like, why does she keep bringing this up? Mm-hmm. Like, keep bringing it up until you run out of breath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's also how we challenge the narcissism in our society. Because it's like we, we started handling each other with kid gloves. Yeah. Of like, I can't trigger anybody. I can't make anybody uncomfortable. Um, and now with COVID happening and then the George Floyd killing happening right in front of everybody's face um, and they couldn't escape from it it's like okay well the triggering has taken place there's no running from it anymore and we're not gonna like dance around it yeah any longer so now we are both at this in this space where we're bringing the heart back in yeah it's time (laughs) (laughs) it's time to open the heart back up i was having I was journaling for the first time in a long time yesterday and today telling and my guides were telling me again you know you're showing up and it's time to open up it's time to open your heart back up and and it's funny because I re-downloaded that pattern app which I I deleted it before because it was just I don't know like I love that stuff but at a certain point it was like you're really predicting this much you know Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so I re-downloaded it, and then it told me now is a good time to open your heart back up. <laughs> <laughs> the pattern is creepy. And on top of that, I was listening. What was the other thing? There was another thing. I was was I was listening to. Um, well, your meditation, and then I was also on that way. Oh, and then my meditation again. Like I, I realized today, I, I finalized it. Yeah, and then I also received. Sarah Blondin's heart-minded book in the mail. I pre-ordered it like a couple months ago and I completely forgot I had even ordered it. And then it arrived in the mail exactly when I needed to. And we're bringing this conversation to the surface right now because it's super present for us and because it's just such an important part of the healing process for us as a country, for us as an individual, for, for the earth, for human beings. And... It's part of the continuation process. If not, it's literally like we're playing out the same thing for the next hundred years. But if we want to grow and we want to evolve as a human species, the only way through that is to heal. And heal can be so associated with like medicalized terms, you know. But I look at it as an expansion and a growth and a readiness to evolve. So how would you define opening up your heart or keeping it open? What does that mean to you? For me, I was actually thinking about this before we started recording. And to me, it just means showing up, just showing up every single day. And because I think about, for example, people who go through a lot of heartache, a lot of family members who pass, a lot of just sadness and heartbreak. And I just know that when you go through so much, your heart starts to calcify. It starts to close up. Yeah, you, you put armor on. And it makes sense. It makes sense. Like why it, it starts getting heavy. Well, if no one's there to guide you through that, that's just like instinct, right? We're wired to move away from pain and towards pleasure. So if you experience pain because of loving, then just common sense is going to tell you, oh, no, we can't love anymore. Right. Or if I love the things that I love are going to be ripped apart are going to be ripped from me. So I just think that to be open hearted means to meet yourself where you're at, not trying to completely just be like, oh, I'm, I'm OK. Everything's good. I, I'm looking at the light. I'm, ha-, you know, it's to accept where you're at, to accept the heaviness in your heart, but to also make room for when, and you know, actually Sarah Blondin said this in the audiobook I was just listening to. She said, make room for a surprise for when love does come knocking at your door, little moments of love. 
make room for to open that door make mm-hmm. room to see that that light come in to see that surprise and and just allow it to slowly crack open your heart and it's not and it doesn't need to happen all at once but allow that to happen because love thrives thrives in love mm-hmm so that's essentially heart resilience it's yeah. just the word that's coming up for me and because of the narrative that's been made popular in our culture um a lot of times being hard and like no feelings right like i don't care and i can just cut people off has been glorified as strength when in reality it that's the easy thing to do the easy thing is to run from that the courageous thing is to say okay that was painful and to hold that pain with compassion and tenderness and say I'm still going to choose to be loving I'm still going to choose to be open to new people I'm going to learn we have to learn boundaries it's not about not having boundaries I think having boundaries will allow your ability to love it will allow it to expand because you'll start feeling safe. I think that you close yourself up when you don't feel safe. Yeah, so it's very black and white for a lot of us, right? Until we like go through this process of untangling that, it's very black and white because no one really taught us how to have boundaries. Uh, we just, if something's not safe, you close up. Yeah. Versus, okay, why wasn't it safe? And the thing is too that well-meaning adults teach kids to just not stand up for themselves because you want kids to obey rules. Mm-hmm. Right? You want your kids to fall in line. You want them to obey rules. You want them to like eat what you say they should eat. And, and not only that, then they go into education systems. And that was what Killer Mike was. Was it Killer Mike in, in his Netflix movie? Killer Mike um, or Trigger Warning? Yeah. With Killer Hilarious. Mike. Hilarious. It's so good. You guys need to watch it. He was saying that schools are not here to teach us. They're here to train, to make us obey. Mm-hmm. Something like that. But it's real. Right. And so then in order to have boundaries, you have to you have to like actively unlearn that (laughs) and you have to resist a system. So you have to resist authority. Yeah. And so that's you learn to people, please. Right. In order to like keep people happy, in order to fall in line, in order to be a good kid, to be a good child and you get rewarded and you get applauded for that. But then you go out into the real world and if you just follow that it's not emotionally safe because you need to be able to tell people like, Hey, I don't like that. I'm going to move away from this situation. When you do that, this is how it makes me feel. And I'm just not going to put up with that. I think a lot of people have a problem with putting up boundaries because they're afraid that they're going to be rejected for claiming their needs or claiming what they want or, or saying, this is what I am okay with. And I'm not okay with, but in reality, it's been my experience that when you put up boundaries, you almost free yourself to have a more free-flowing relationship with another person. Yeah, actually, people-pleasing on the surface looks like, like I, I put this in quotes, like a positive thing, just because of the way that we're socialized. It's like to keep to make other people happy and other people comfortable around you. But I and to not stir shit up. Yeah, but it's actually super toxic. Because then you're not showing up authentically. Like, I don't want anyone to people please me when they're in relationship with me. I want people to say, like, no, I don't want to do that. Because the thing is that when people don't give themselves permission to have boundaries, and in, I've experienced in a relationship with me, I'm no, people, like, get passive aggressive. Like, I'm not as much of a people pleaser, so I haven't really, that hasn't been my struggle, but I've experienced people being people pleasing towards me. And it's irritating just because I see the layers of what's happening. I'm like, man, like, do you want it or do you not want it? Like, when people don't allow themselves to respect what their nervous system and their instincts are telling them, they end up taking it out on you one way or another. So they think they're doing you a favor by being people-pleasing. They think they're being a good friend, a good whatever, by being people-pleasing towards you. But then it's going to seep out one way or another. And it's not even an authentic connection. Yeah. Cause you're saying the other person become the other person becomes the people pleaser becomes passive aggressive. Yeah. Right. Cause it they're not, out. they're not, they end up presenting needs. you. They end up blaming you for the fact that like, they're not honoring their own boundaries. They end up blaming you because they're just seeing you as the, they just want to keep you happy. Right. And, and then it's like, 
for me, as I've been more so on the receiving end of it, I'm like, please don't try to keep me happy. Like, yeah. please make yourself happy. Yeah. So that we can both show up authentically to this. I don't want somebody telling me yes when they really mean no because mm-hmm. of their own guilt. I come from the perspective that I want sit with your guilt. Like, that's okay. Like, just allow for some discomfort and understand that if you're socialized in a people-pleasing manner, you're going to be uncomfortable and just make some room for that. One billion percent. One, I mean, ditto (laughs) everything you just said. Times a thousand. How, so when we talk about boundaries, that that's actually really, I never even thought about that when thinking about having an open heart, having an open heart, but this is just like organically molding. And I love it because it's so necessary. Let's talk about boundaries. How therapist Paula would you tell someone to start putting up boundaries? What does that even look like and what to expect when they start setting them up? Well, I would say like notice and ang- so anger. Let's talk about anger first. Anger is one of the first signs that your body sends you that a boundary has been crossed. So if you find yourself getting kind of like irritable or towards violated someone, because anger is not usually what happens for me I usually start feeling like my back is up against the wall and I'm being put in a position that feels really mucky and just all around uncomfortable so that's actually super relevant because it can show up as anger it can show up as feelings of discomfort it can show up as anxiety so basically all of these emotional responses serve as signs that something about the situation doesn't feel safe Now get curious about it. Sit with it. What is it? What would you like to see different? That's your own inner system sending you signals. This is why changing from a culture that sees emotions as a bad thing to sees emotions as data is so important. Because if you're not listening to your emotions, you're basically numbing the most powerful internal compass that you have for moving through this life. Mm -hmm. So... Yes, my God. I had one of those moments today. I was kind of feeling like tired and I didn't have a lot of motivation and that made me feel closed hearted. So I was like, what is going on with me? Like, why am I feeling like this today? And then I started journaling and I realized, why am I trying to fix something? I'm just tired. I'm just tired. (laughs) Like, you know, sometimes we try to be like, we, we get the emotions get amplified as like something's off, something's wrong. Like it needs to be fixed. Everything always needs to be fixed rather than just tend it to. Right. In reality, you you can just listen gently and patiently and you'll intend to them. Yeah. That reminds me of this. I wanted to, I saw this post on Instagram. And I'm like, oh, I want to bring this up in the podcast. But um, somebody on Instagram like reposted this tweet that said like, The biggest hater you'll ever have in this life is you. Your ego, your sense of entitlement, your excuses, your lack of discipline, your lack of consistency, your fears, your jealousy, your negative (laughs) self-talk, your lack of self-belief. Those are your real haters. Beat them. And I'm like, ugh. That is so aggressive. (laughs) It's so aggressive. But you know how many motivational speakers? Hell yeah, dude. I used to listen to them. Me too. Get out of bed. You're you're being lazy. Do you want to see the best version of you or not? And I used to be like, I used to totally do it. Like, yes, I want to see the best version of me until I was like, this is exhausting. Can nobody keep that up? (laughs) (laughs) Everything was guilt ridden. It was. And fear ridden. So like the fact that you feel that way, for example, today, it's, once you start recognizing that these are the popular narratives that have been consistent throughout our culture, then you realize like, okay, I feel guilty because I'm still like untangling a false narrative that was fed to me about the best version of myself coming from a place of fear. I mean, if you didn't feel any kind of fear or stress in your body when I read that, then I mean, I don't know what to tell you, but like, I just, I see fear written all over that. Like your ego, your, your, your excuses, your lack of discipline your lack of consistency, your fears. All you hear there is lack, lack, fear, negative. Yeah. Like what does your body and your subconscious mind associate that with? Something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with you. And in hypnotherapy, we understand this super well. So we're very intentional about the language that we speak. Like I would never say to a client like, your lack of discipline, your lack of consistency, your fears. I would say you're opening up to more love. You find yourself wanting to engage with life every single day you 
you love showing up for the things that your heart calls you to. And all of that is going to lead you to quote unquote discipline, quote unquote consistency, totally. quote unquote love. But it's from a place of that is energized. I mean, you can just feel that in your body if you if you practice saying those things to yourself, like your lack of self-belief. How about instead of that, we say you're now you, you love who you are, loving who you are. So it's just flip it. I think as often as we can, can we like flip? Are we speaking to ourselves from a place of fear, from a place of lack? And and the thing is that adults started start speaking to kids in this way very early on. And so yeah, what's wrong with you? That's yeah. so sad. I hope I never let that slip from my mouth to my child. I feel like I hear that so much. And I used to be a nanny, and I remember I would hear that from all the parents. What's wrong with you? Yeah, and you kids know? don't know. They're like, oh, there must be something wrong with me, right? And what is what is like a tender heart do in the face of that? Close up. It closes up. Totally. There's no and then you're going to when your heart closes up, you're going to interact with life from a place of fear and defensiveness. Because you believe that there's a reason to be so protective over your heart. You have a shield now. Yeah. And this is like a direct pathway to depression or anxiety. If you block yourself like that you know i i can even feel like it makes me kind of like hunch my shoulders the energy you start i it it just like the shame beats you down yeah you feel suppressed so you don't want to engage with life anymore if all you're here all you're hearing in your head is your lack of this your lack of that you know that's demoralizing it's disheartening you're not the you may on the surface show up as quote unquote the best version of you, but you're, you're going to burn out. So with that said, I going back to the boundaries conversation, if something doesn't feel right in your body, if something, it feels like it closes you up, if something feels like you have to outrun it, that's a sign that, that either you're believing a false narrative that isn't aligned with the highest potential version of who you are or there's a boundary that's being crossed. Yeah. Either way. One of them is kind of like a, you know, believing a false narrative is a a mental boundary that we're not respecting. Yeah. Having to entangle a belief that you had in the past about needing a certain layer of protection or a certain whatever it is. Yeah. And I see it, you know, I, one of the things I specialize in is OCD and anxiety. And there is no way that I don't like every single time I've seen it be completely tangled up with some form of trauma. Mm. And that trauma is at its most fundamental, most basic people not feeling loved literally at the most basic. We could distill at least 90% of mental health situations to the absence of love in our world and when people are in pain we respond by less love a lot of times instead of more right like like that quote that i just read if you see somebody's not getting their life together they're in pain and if you tre- if you if you come at them with the, like you you lack this you lack that da, 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 da. that's when you start developing anxiety yeah or you start getting depressed Or you start wanting to numb yourself because you don't know why living feels so bad. And it feels bad because we're meant to experience love. I mean, you just think about like a baby. Their brains don't even form correctly if they're not being held. Yeah, there's literal jobs. I want to do this. Where you go to the hospital and you just cuddle babies you they need babies need to be cuddled in order to grow it's a literal need and so like I see this when I start taking my clients through like hypnotherapy and untangling the history of their emotional trauma which again is just people basically like invalidating their emotions telling them that they weren't supposed to be feeling the way that they were feeling telling them that they needed to find a way to like suck it up rather than coming from an experience of validation and love and like you know what it makes sense that you're in pain you need to treat yourself tenderly when you're in pain um as we start to untangle that literally people's symptoms start decreasing it's that simple and or maybe that simple and that complex and i see like the mental health system failing at this time and time again 
especially when people get hospitalized. I mean, I have yet to hear a good story, unfortunately, of a hospitalization situation. Um, they start, it's, it's, a, it's another system that's essentially broken. Literally, I've heard enough stories of people being treated like they're less than human when they're in there. And the only reason that you're in a mental hospital is because you are in deep suffering. The last thing you need is to be treated like you're less than human. You actually need so much love in that moment. And that's essentially what our society at large is, is suffering from. So what is the, did you, are we, are we doing boundaries by steps? Did we do step one, step two? Okay. Listen to your emotions. That was it. Listen to what they're okay, telling so you. So listen to your emotions. They are your messengers. And then just practice setting them and. And know that it's okay. Know that it's okay. And know that you are going to be uncomfortable when you start practicing. And like part of your, the work in learning to put boundaries is that is learning to like account for like some level of discomfort because in the short run it can feel for a lot of people more comfortable to not have a boundary because then you don't create any tension but in the long run it actually creates tons of tension because it starts seeping out all over the place so like Brene Brown actually does this and she does a good she has a, a quick shortcut to it um where when she experiences a situation that kind of brings up those emotions and she may have to say no or yes or she's being put in a position of like agreeing to something she'll she has a ring on her finger and she'll twist it around three times and say like do I want to be uncomfortable now or resentful later Mm, that's so good that's real yeah so if your nervous system your emotional body knows that you can kind of take care of it and reparent it through these putting up boundaries it's easier to have an open heart so how do you put up a boundary follow well for one you can practice saying when you did that i mean we've i guess i made a video about this but i don't know if we talked about on the podcast i made a video about it so like first you start out with like a verbal boundary you say like yeah like you know i don't like that and it's a little more gentler and then if the person doesn't respond to that then you escalate to the next level. Okay, like, I don't like that. And this is what I'm going to, I'm going to walk away every time that you do that. So you put a consequence. You don't have to start out with a consequence. That can be very intense because you may not even need to. You can also just let a person know, hey, this is actually really important to me. Mm -hmm. I don't like when you do this. And hopefully if that person is, you know, receptive enough and and they hear you say, this is actually really important to me, and I don't like when you do this, they will really take it seriously. Yeah, and they'll, they won't get defensive about it. Back to Darvo that we took you guys through in the last couple podcasts, we've gone through Darvo a little bit. But if you put up a boundary and somebody flips it and makes you feel guilty for putting it up, look up Darvo and, and kind of analyze if you're in an emotionally abusive dynamic and if something needs to be called out. So if you if somebody like attacks you for putting up a boundary, it doesn't mean your boundary was wrong. Take a step back and maybe assess, right? Like, is this fair? But if you keep expressing that something bothers you and that it means something to you and the person just doesn't want to take it into account, then it might be time to consider whether there should be some space in that some more physical space in that relationship. That's like the physical boundaries and And I think also instead of just having it be if you're like in, I think it's important to actually sit down and talk with the person and have it be a serious thing and not and not just, you know, in the moment. Yeah. Not just a quick like, hey, I don't like when you do that. Don't I mean, that's good. But I also think it's important to especially if you're not used to putting boundaries up and not a lot of boundaries have been put up between whoever. Yeah. You can you can actually just sit down and look at the person and be like, hey, I'm actually being really serious. This is really like look at them straight in the eye and I think that they'll they'll, you'll you'll feel the intensity because I know I've crossed boundaries before too without not without knowing especially if you're not used to being in a dynamic where boundaries are not really placed like that Mm -hmm. you know and you and me have done it to each other yeah absolutely but we get really real with each other yeah at this point we're so (laughs) it's so that's what we'll do we'll sit down and we'll like look at each other in the eye balls and the pupils 
and we will say, hey, this matters this to actually me. really matters to me. And I know you may not understand. I know you may not see, but it would mean a lot to me if blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And strike when that. So that's kind of like strike when the iron is cold, that if it's chances are your boundaries are going to be better received and the communication of your needs um, or something being or, or a boundary being crossed is going to be better heard when the person is not in a defensive state. Mm-hmm. So if you can, sometimes it is best to wait until some of the tension oozes out and then you revisit and, you know, you say like, hey, can we talk about this? You know, or hey, that made me uncomfortable. And if it's somebody that is willing, that wants to be in a healthy relationship with you and wants to put their pride aside, then that should work out. Right? Unfortunately, it doesn't work out every single time that way. And we all know that we live in a society where a lot of us are pretty uncomfortable sitting with uncomfortable emotions. So there's just some healing that needs to be done around that. But if you're both on board for like continuing the conversation, then just being able to do what you and I just described should be enough. Other than that, then you have to create some space. So I want to ask you, looping back around to and connecting this to an open heart, what does or what, why is this? This is I mean, we talked about it, why it's so important to have boundaries to maintain an open heart. Yeah. It allows you to feel safety within uh, whatever dynamic you're in. Yeah. To keep your heart open. I think something that helps me really keep my heart open is understanding where people are coming from. So even if somebody like continuously crossed my boundaries and that relationship really wasn't able to maintain anymore, I, I, I really don't want to come at it from the perspective of like, oh, that's a horrible person. There's horrible people in the world. I'm just not going to open my heart again because that's, I don't want to do that to myself. That's essentially going to do me a disservice. I'm just, I'm not going to be as free of a spirit if I allow that narrative to come in. So instead, nowadays, I challenge myself to say like, they're not, let's, they're not comfortable with discussing these difficult emotions or, you know, they're not at this level and they're healing yet. Like, I genuinely think people don't mean bad. Everyone is just coming from the level of awareness that they're at. And just because a certain relationship or interaction with somebody didn't work out, it doesn't mean that either of us are evil. It just means we're we're at two different places in our timelines right now. And I'm at the place now where I just wouldn't want to let that ever scare me from like showing up in the world and being like, hey, you know, giving the next human an equal chance while knowing what my needs are. In order to keep an open heart, we all have to become very adept validating ourselves and listening to your own needs understanding that like they have the right to be met a lot of people don't want to and this goes again it's all tied together with the boundaries thing you don't want to quote unquote put people out but you have needs people want to be bend over backwards or just keep the waters smooth sailing well and they believe that by claiming their needs which is aka putting boundaries up it's the same thing that you are gonna mess it up yeah and so the other part of having open heart is also allowing other people to express their needs to us even when they make us uncomfortable because we've both been on on both ends of that spectrum like I've been on the side of people invalidating my needs and I've been on the side of invalidating other people's needs for the sake of defending my own ego and either way both scenarios either lead to or are caused by a closed heart if I feel safe within myself and I love who I am essentially and validate my own adequacy that I'm enough, somebody can tell me that they don't like something and it doesn't have to be a threat to me. If I don't know how to give myself that validation and I have a ton of internalized repressed shame, then people telling me like things that they don't like, then I'm going to attack them. And that's also a close heart and that's what we are seeing in our society both people being afraid to express their needs and people being afraid of other people expressing their needs i mean that's just that's the whole white privilege conversation the whole narcissistic conversation yeah that whole thing so both ends of it yeah so what is to round it out your definition of an open heart my definition of an open heart is <clears throat> allowing myself 
to feel whatever emotions come up, honoring all of them, not telling my emotional body that any of them are wrong or inadequate for being present, or giving them all room to breathe in, instead of trying to control them and suppress them, getting curious about them and loving on them so that then I can go through challenging experiences in a resilient way and be able to meet the very next person or the very next experience with just as much amount of energy. Unpack what loving on them means. Loving on them for me is is literally having an internal dialogue. So I guess it's a meeting of the mind and the heart. So for me, that would be saying, literally going through this conversation of like, I understand why this is here. I understand why you feel this way. You have every right to feel this way. Not from like an entitled place, but just like. (laughs) You have all the right. (laughs) You have every right and everyone is wrong. No, just you like you have every right to feel this way because we all do. We have every right to all of our emotions. Yeah. Um, this is allowed to be here. And if I'm in pain, I'll be extra gentle with myself. I'll listen to certain music. I'll allow tears to come out just so that they can come out. I don't want to keep anything in. Yeah. I want to stay light. So I just, for me, an open heart is taking that time to release my emotions. Mm hmm. So to me, sometimes having an open heart, it might look like pain to somebody else on the outside because I could be crying or I could be looking down. But really, I'm in the process of healing myself. In the process of validating everything that's going on. Yeah, because I'm allowing it. So it's like, no, like it looks to you like I'm in pain, but actually I'm allowing my body to use its intelligence right now to heal. I mean, that's reminding me of like what the opposite of a narcissist is because they look like they're everything's great. Look at me. Energy's great. Life is good, whatever. But it's they're entirely cut off from their emotions and the emotions of others. Exactly. And so then if that's if when you're in that narcissistic state, you need to move people around like chess pieces so that they don't bump up against your wounds because you don't know how to get in touch. You don't know how to hold space for those wounds. So. A lot of what having having an open heart is for me is creating space within myself for these emotions to move through me in an organic manner without judging any of them and treating myself gently, you know, because we all had that tendency. I've definitely had that tendency throughout my life of like when things go wrong to say because of that narrative of like when we were little, the adults are like, oh, if you don't behave, right? Um, in school and everywhere, like there's something wrong with you. So when things don't work out, the easiest target for all of us is ourselves. And so we say like, there's something wrong with me. And that gives us a semblance of control because as backwards as it may seem, if we can blame it on ourselves, that's, there's more certainty there rather than saying like, you know, sometimes people are confusing. Sometimes situations just don't work out. The world is just uncertain. But if instead we say like, no, it's because of me, it's because I'm not good enough. I watch out for that tendency and I make sure to challenge it if I ever notice that narrative coming up because I do know that if I allow myself to go down that pathway, that's the quickest shortcut to my heart closing up and getting disheartened and not being able to like heal myself. And also like if I believe that there's something wrong with me, fundamentally, when people call me out for things, I'm going to lash out at them because there's already so much pain around a story like that. Your shame will add up, build up. it will. So having an open heart is also challenging that narrative of like, there's something wrong with you. When we challenge that narrative, we're not just doing ourselves a favor, but we're doing the collective a favor. I want to also talk about making sure that when you're setting up boundaries, like sometimes it actually may not be safe to set them up in situations where you could potentially be gaslighted. And that could really, really backfire hard on you if you're trying to, if you open yourself up and be vulnerable enough to tell someone, to share your heart with someone and let them know what is, you know, what you will and won't accept. And then they completely gaslight you and manipulate you to make you feel like you're just overthinking it, you're being sensitive, or you're not thinking enough and you're not even taking me into consideration. So now you're putting these, you know, 
and then that will that can completely backfire on you and I think something that's really important that we talked about in our second to last podcast and a little bit in our last one about Darvo is like we all need to recognize when someone is gaslighting us and like really recognize it and walk away because you will slowly start to close up someone else's closed heart is going to start closing up your heart yes it's contagious just like having an open heart is contagious but we're just as a collective we're more used to the landscape of a closed heart so an open-hearted person it's contagious but it takes a little bit of getting used to because that means like oh you know that person's really like vulnerable like how do i i you know it's gonna feel unnatural especially if you're used to having all those defenses up but I would say like one of the first telltale signs that you're not in a communication that's going to be healthy is if you tell somebody that you don't like something and they don't even get curious. If they immediately come at you with just a response that's defensive in any way without being like, oh, you know, I didn't. A response that comes from them thinking about themselves and they don't even bring you into it. Yeah. So if somebody gets defensive right away, that's a telltale sign of like, okay, I'm dealing with somebody that doesn't know how to sit with uncomfortable emotions so I need to recognize that and realize that it's not because it's not my fault for bringing this up they're just not at the point where they can even probably meet themselves in that place so they're not going to meet me either and and we have to be careful with trying to coddle you know trying to like be more gentle and more quiet and more peaceful to try to get someone to listen to our boundaries because we think that we might be helping them to listen, but in reality, we are backing down in a way from our needs and the boundaries that we are putting up. In personal relationships, that's really important. Sometimes when we're dealing with like public relationships or like quick interactions, cuddling actually is a good strategy, right? Like this is if you don't want to like create more trouble with somebody that doesn't have to be in your life you don't have to get into the whole um actually confronting them so it's 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 nuanced a little bit in personal relationships coddling at this somebody you're going to keep dealing with anyways it's going to backfire on you because if you don't you don't express yourself that first time and you just kind of handle them with kid gloves you're you can rest assured you're going to meet that same situation again and I think that's kind of like a thing that we kind of trick ourselves into. It's like, okay, I'm just going to like let it go this time. And I, it's about seeing also in personal relationships if there is a pattern. Because you, you also don't want to be the person that's calling out every single thing. right? Because we all don't show up perfectly every single day. So it's especially important to have these conversations around boundaries if there's patterns that are showing up. So it's nuanced. Uh, as many tools as we can all have in our pockets around this, the better. And it takes practice and, and it takes being willing to like step out there a little bit and test the waters of expressing yourself. Because it's not always going to be black and white. The world needs more boundaries. The world needs more people speaking up for what they believe in and, and really solidifying their stance and not backing down. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's what we're seeing happen right now. Hell yeah. I feel like Gen Z is one big boundary. <laughs> we always talk about Gen Z, but like, and I will, I'll keep doing it. I love them. I love you guys. Yeah. And boundaries, like loving boundaries, right? Yeah. Because I can also see people, we, again, we like to go to extremes as humans and either, you know, and I see people oscillate between the two extremes of like, I'm just going to have no boundaries or I'm going to be extremely rigid. And both of those are coming from a place of fear. Yeah. Something that really helped me that Paula said to me not too long ago was, are you making decisions out of love or are you making decisions out of fear disguised as love? And yeah. So tune in, tune in. We all know when it's fear in our bodies. We can lie to ourselves about it, but we know. Fear to me, decisions out of fear feel very constricting inside of my body. Like the, we're, when we're talking about the physical sensations, but when we're talking out of love, it's very it's an expansion that happens inside. Yeah. You feel and, more open. You know, sometimes when we make decisions from a place of love, you're going to experience some discomfort. Because you're challenging your comfort zone, but you can ask yourself, is this decision aligned with the highest ideal 
for my life? Is this decision in my highest good? Yeah, and that's where you can... I know in my experience, like, I was so open-hearted that it did backfire on me a few times. Mm-hmm. So I had to really learn... I mean, that's where boundaries come in, that I can continue and I would have people in my life tell me like you can't be that open hearted Mm -hmm. it's not what life is not what you think it is and to me that was I mean to be honest it never even fazed me because I just was like I I, know um I know what life is and my heart's supposed to be open yeah but an open heart without any kind of like structure around it that that also kind of like nurtures it for sure and honors your needs for sure I ended up getting hurt yeah I I did so it was helpful to have some people in my life that kind of were like hey you know like I know you love everyone but like you can't love everyone and I still think you can love everyone love them but you don't have to keep being people's emotional punching bag but have some boundaries within that love it doesn't need to be like Paula said an extreme where either you love or you're just like I don't trust anyone my heart is closed like you have to you know whatever yeah what are your needs what's what are you comfortable with what helps you feel safe to experience to to feel your emotions what kind of settings what kind of relationships and just move towards that and start being attention start paying attention to when other people also set boundaries up because that's you know the dynamic oh sure if i don't respect other people's boundaries then subconsciously i'm sending a message to myself that other people can cross mine yeah and listen and that goes back again to the conversation that we're that we're having right now is where a lot of people are speaking up and drawing boundaries and saying this is what we are and aren't okay with and then you have the other person being like well their defense mechanisms will come up and be like well no because you know, good cop, bad cop, for example, or you, you just have an excuse. It's sometimes you just need to listen. Just people want to tell you how they feel. Just listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, listen and maybe give yourself some space to like take the information in if you feel like you're going to be really reactive. And nothing is an attack on your character. The fact that someone is bringing up something to your attention is actually a great privilege because they're saying they're giving you an opportunity to grow and to fix it rather than just abandoning you yeah so all right that's it for now yeah thanks for tuning in my heart is open to all of you <laughs> unless you cross my boundaries but then your heart will still be but open then my heart will still you'll be just open. you'll just keep some distance i'll just Let's, know my boundaries yeah you just decide what kind of engagement you can have with different people <laughs> If you guys think that this conversation was helpful for you and you know anyone who might need a little bit of heart opening or boundary lessons 101, send it to them. I think this is really important for our personal lives, for our professional lives, for our social lives, for everything right now. This is super important to the evolution of the human species and for the evolution of our all of our relationships that we have. This is how we can have the most healthy the most loving uh well-rounded relationships with ourselves and with each other yeah so thank you so much for listening we love you guys with all our hearts open-hearted vibes tune in every monday at 6 a.m est and be kind to yourselves bye